This is Tay's Green Lives podcast with Half Past Dead. Everyone, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Alex. I'm the lead singer and guitar player. I'm John. I'm the drummer. Yeah, backup vocalist. <laughs> I'm Jack Devil. I play guitar. Hey, my name's uh, Thomas, and I play bass. Hi, Thomas. So Thomas isn't able to join us with his little little camera, so you can't see his beautiful face, but he's here. So um, Half Past Dead, um, how long have you guys been a band? Well, that's that's an interesting question because I started the band in high school in 2014, but this current lineup, which we all seem to consider is like the actual band now, has been together probably since 2020, I believe, 2019, 2020. So you guys been a band for uh, 2014. Um, how would you consider 2014 into now's time? Ooh, well, it's different. Um, I, I I don't really remember the early days that well. It's sort of a repressed memory. But um, I, John, you can probably tell better better than hey, he's here. We he's can, here now. Quite <laughs> better than me. Kind of, you've seen the changes from outside of like my weird tunnel vision. So you can probably give a better description of, of how it's changed i mean when i joined i joined in probably like what 2016 somewhere around there. that's when it started um, hair, you know? your hair was straight i don't think you even had a beard you were like baby face mcgee all over the place and i don't know if i put the influence of like more middlecore ish stuff but we were if you listen to the ep it's it's a lot different from what the album's going to be whenever that comes out. Um, yeah. And we used to be like a six piece band and I told you, Hey, what if you just did like rhythm guitar with vocals rather than have three guitarists? <laughs> um, so when was, uh, your first show as a band? This band definitely, um, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first show as, as this lineup was, at the, we did a live stream during my senior year of college at my college. Um, and I think that was Thomas's first show. I don't, Thomas, do you know exactly when that was? I don't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, that was my, uh, that was my first show with you guys. And that was my first show coming off of only one rehearsal with you guys as well. Right. I think and, it was May. Yeah, it was May. It might have been May because that was the last month before I graduated. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not real good with the with the school times. I haven't been in school in four years. <laughs> so, how do you guys balance out um, everybody uh, in the band? Like, who does what? What's you guys' job? Who does um, you know? So, uh, honestly, um, Alex is kind of the head of everything. Um, usually we try and split everything equally. So like, um, booking, I try my best to help him out. Um, me and Tommy try our best to do social media. Um, John as well as social media, but when it comes to like load-ins and all that kind of stuff, we kind of have our own little set jobs. So like I focus on guitars and Alex focus on drums and vocals Tommy's uh, focuses on bass and yeah. We divvy it up pretty evenly and just based on certain circumstances, but he's right. We do have our, we know our little niches. 
And with um, producing, um, do you guys do your own producing or do you guys normally go to someone else? Interesting. So um, we we do our own stuff in terms of recording and writing and everything like that. Um, but this this album we have coming out, I went to a, a couple people and, we, and, and I settled on this one friend of mine who... Um, is just better at it than we are. And, um, it, but it depends though, because in certain instances, I'm sure that we're going to do it a hundred percent ourselves. Um, cause uh, you know, we all sort of have experience in, in this sort of area and other times we may farm it out to other people, depending on what we need versus what we have the capabilities to do. So it typically airs on like a 60 40 split, you know, going towards doing it ourselves. And what's one of um, your favorite venues that you've played at? Mm. Right now, for me, uh, definitely uh, the Black Forge Coffee House um, in Pittsburgh. That that just has a special place in my heart because we smashed that guitar, and I I did my little like guitar solo. It doesn't have a name yet, but um, there's a circle pit going around me. It was it was crazy. <laughs> And um, how was writing and recording one of your newest albums, Kiss the World Goodbye? And when are you guys planning on releasing it? So I'm gonna let those guys all sort of tell you how their experiences and I can kind of talk about yeah. the releasing part. I mean, it was kind of a roller coaster for drums, especially just because I think we had my old kit. I bought mics and a mixer and I started it up. And it wasn't working out. We spent like a month on the kick drum sound. And then eventually we got a gig to play or we were going to open up for Sebastian Bach. And I got a new kit for it. And we ended up micing that up and we hit the kick drum once and it was just perfect. And it was just, all right, why did we do this a couple months ago? <laughs> yeah, no, um, for guitars, um, that, that was a little easier. Um, honestly, at first we were going to use this like little champion fender amp uh, for the album. But then we're like, we don't want this. We want a bigger sound. Yeah. So I invested in uh, some Marshall amps and uh, we just took maybe seven hours to get to the tone. Right. And um, set up where we want the mics and then just started recording and kind of went smoothly. And when you guys are writing, um, does everyone contribute to it or is there just one member that does all the writing and you guys just jump in? For, for how it has worked in the past and how it probably may work in the near future, um, I sort of just have a skeleton of like a mm -hmm. song, like here's some chords and some lyrics and I present it and kind of demo it a little bit and then everyone else is sort of adds in the other ingredients. Um, sometimes it, it's the other way though. Sometimes Jack will have something. Th Thomas sent me something on base. So that was pretty cool. I'm like, Oh, we should work with that and, and do stuff. We all kind of come up with little ideas and um, um, sort of build on it. Uh, and it, it accumulates into, into a song sometimes, but you know, for, for this album specifically, I wrote this before John was even in, the, no, I think John was in the group, um, but a majority of the songs I sort of wrote, entirely and composed and completed and you know they just sort of came in and learned the parts added a few things took away a few things and but um i think overall we're just sort of all collaborative and um always writing always creating and looking for new things to 
to add because we all listen to so many different things. You know, what would be a big influence? Ooh, I have to say, um, the three of mine is Pantera, Nothing More, and um, Black Veil Brides. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'd go for me. It'd be uh, Tool, Primus, and Metallica. Those are probably the three biggest ones. It was funny because I was actually listening to Tool a little bit earlier, <laughs> right before. <laughs> I just did a whole Tool medley for my Instagram the other day. I, I love all this stuff. I'm gonna have to check it out. That's, that sounds pretty cool, especially Primus. I love Primus. Um, I have a whole six string fretless because of that band. Don't even start me down that path. I could talk for hours. <laughs> oh, that sounds so great! I love it. I love because a lot of people are like, "Oh, you listen to Tool," and I'm like, "Tool is like." There's so much behind Tool. They literally so much like drugs and then like there's math rock. Everyone's contributing. Maynard's not even like the head person in the band. Like he lets everyone else do everything else. And he's just like, I'll just sing in the background. You know, yeah. that's why he like sits like one of his clips. He was sitting down eating like a bowl of spaghetti on the, on the, oh the stage while they were going at it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> show and then Meaner just add on the entire duration of the show and then let him up. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's insane. I'd say that's... like for influences though, um, for me, it's changed over the, over the course yeah. of, of, my, of my of my career, but um, I'd say currently Van Halen, number one. Uh, uh, it's hard, it's hard to just pick a couple, but I'd say Van Halen and, and uh, Metallica as of recently. And, and I'd, I'd, Black Veil Brides has always been a staple for me because they, they were like my first introduction to like heavier music mm-hmm. as a kid. So, um, Do you guys only, uh, you listen to mostly rock and metal or is there any other bands um, outside oh, of the genre? Everything. No. Woo! <laughs> you listen to everything. Here we go. From <laughs> Dolly, um, seasons, you know? Yeah, I've actually I'm gonna pull up um something I do want to talk about. Let's uh check it out. There's our there's Alex, our, what did you do now? Oh yeah, hold on. Where is it? Where is it at? Uh this one. Fuck pop music. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Let me explain this. Let me break this down. Okay. So like I said, we love all styles of music and, and that the whole fuck pop music thing is not a direct attack on the genre. It's not. And it just, the thing I wanted to say doesn't fit on a t-shirt, right? You know, my degree is in music business. You yeah. can't get a whole statement on a t-shirt that just doesn't work. The re the, the meaning behind that is more so the, um, the attitudes and the behavior of the industry behind popular music. Like I'll give you a perfect example of where this I ideology came from uh the artist and i'm and i'm gonna shout it out and if there was someone wants to feud me go right ahead bad baby we can all agree that this individual probably doesn't deserve a record label from atlantic records but she got one that's totally i've accepted but the thing is there are very hardworking, talented musicians in all genres out there working night and day to make a good product real musicians and i use bad baby as an example but there's plenty of them i think one record label just signed an artificial intelligent like a fake 
uh, rapper recently. And I'm like, see, this is the problem with music. This is why we mm-hmm. can't progress because these people that are running the show and they are, are, are not doing music justice by, you know, just shelling out hollow and just meaningless stuff. And, um, I, I, it's just, it, that's, that's, and, and we stand by that. And that's sort of the whole attitude behind it. Not just the genre. Cause I'm going to be honest. I, I listened to like one of Demi Lovato's recent singles. I actually kind of dig it. It's not the genre. It's the practice yeah. behind yeah. it. And it just happens to be more prevalent in pop and, and, and in hip hop stuff recently. But again, we, we, we love that kind of music though. Well, that's good because like a lot of metal right now is starting to do a little bit more like pop, you know, they're having pop beats, a little bit beats of um, that is repetitive and easy to remember and easy to sing along. And like, what is your opinion on that? For me, um, good on them. Uh, Personally, I like to have an influence of pop and hip hop in my music. And like riffs and stuff, I like to make them catchy and have a hook. Um, but as for actually making like trap beats and all that kind of stuff, I personally not a fan of a lot of it because it's not placed in the right directions. Yeah. But there are bands uh, like Bring Me the Horizon. They that's one band I really love. Um, nothing more. Another band. Yes. Uh, yeah, they do it right, but there's also bands that do it really wrong and it kind of sounds irritating but that's just my stance on it and with like pop being in like my such opinion a... honestly um okay <laughs> go ahead so you go ahead sorry no you're good we can keep talking about it i love it <laughs> okay um i was gonna say um my personal opinion there's a lot of bands that can do it wrong or right if you do it right it usually will give you a lot of attention some positive mm-hmm. some negative but it's still attention um, Archspire is one of my favorite bands. They do some technical death metal. And if you haven't heard them, their vocalist raps like Tech Nine, but in a death metal style, and it's insane. Um, and I Prevail, they're very poppy. They just put out a new album, and it's fantastic. So, with interviews, because you guys are on my podcast, Taze Green Life. Hey, guys. Um, you also did an interview on 97.3. Can we talk about that? Yeah, Tommy, you were just talking to me about that. You, you, you take this one. We haven't heard from Tommy a lot. Uh, I actually, that was my first interview with the band. And when we did that interview, they were still based above the camel. And recently they actually acquired their own space that they no longer have to rent from someone else. They actually purchased a new spot. I really enjoyed the interview on that, uh, on WRIR. Cause, uh, what was his name? Yancey? Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh uh, and he was he was a really solid guy, really cool. We had a lot of fun just talking to each other before we even went on the air. The interview was very fun. Uh, it was my first interview with the band. It was yeah. shortly after my first show with the band, and uh, I think it also just helped us get closer with each other as friends and as bandmates, too. Learned a lot from each other about each other from that interview. Mm-hmm. And with the music video, the deal, there's a lot of subliminal subliminal messages. Um, let's go over that. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, that, that video was um, actually not really a, tr- a, a true video per se. That was actually a bunch of clips that some friends of mine who do videos and stuff yeah. 
sent us and I, I, I farmed out like, Hey, we have this demo and, and we want to do something interesting for it for Halloween. And so I had a couple friends, um, shoot some stuff and send it and like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Some made some more digital stuff that I think we uh, edited out at one point. Um, but we, we, we did shoot like a real video video over, um, I forget exactly when it was at Thomas's place and it had as us in it and everything like that. But th that was just more of a fun little project because I always sort of think it's interesting. The art of, of filming, um, especially when there is no players, you know, there are no actors. It is all uh, situational and you have themes and you have, you know, obviously you have, there, there are, humans in the video that aren't a band and it's um it tells a story in itself with even without the music so that was that was sort of the idea behind that and with doing like the the recordings and stuff like that um what is your opinion on tiktok and um doing social media content and live streaming i mean it's the thing now so um for me i like to post a lot of like guitar solo covers and like funny videos uh, for TikTok, just more funny videos. Um, I mean, if you're not on it, you're not going to make it. Yeah, I have like a, I have two Facebooks. So like one is mostly for business and then my other one's like a personal and I'm like shit posting and like having opinions. And then lately I've decided I can't have certain opinions about certain things or I'll get canceled, you know, like you oh, can't you love that. Like you well, can get canceled for a, the littlest thing. We have a song and an album called Kiss the World Goodbye. And we talk. Yes. About that yeah. Let's talk about that. There, don't we boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. For me. Um, and I've talked to <laughs> Alex. About nowhere. This. Yeah. No, I was. Um, no, me and Alex talked about this, especially when we were making uh Kiss the World Goodbye was me and him just had hours of conversations about cancel culture. Like, oh, this guy got canceled today. Oh, this guy got canceled today. This actor got canceled today. And we're just like, the world's canceled. Like, look, yeah. there are things that merit people getting scrutinized for things they do. However, I actually talked to the, the, the man I have working on our album right now, and, and he and I agree. And I don't want to speak for my bandmates here, but I'm sure that they'll that they have the same view that it, it doesn't allow for recourse. It doesn't allow for rehabilitation and people going, yeah, that was a dumb thing. I, I feel bad about it. And there's none of that. It just, it's over. And it's really dangerous for people in the entertainment industry that are constantly in the spotlight expected to be perfect all the time. That's not true. We're all humans and we all do dumb things or say dumb things or things we don't mean all the time. And that's just part of life. That's part of growing. And if you're going to um, perpetuate Yes. punitive rule social rules on just living and growing up then i think that's absolutely ridiculous it's so sad because there's like there could be like one bad member and then the whole band's canceled and that's like one of the things i've been noticing that's been happening all over social media lately um what was it kentucky uh the T kentucky festival like all these bands dropped out by one one member one member that was really bad that they should have gotten rid of but instead of they were like we're gonna worry about that later like no like now you're canceled now you're not gonna go on tour anymore and like eh. it's hard now because there's so many people that are angry and like against certain things like if you do one bad thing you're canceled for the rest of the you know eternity you know especially on social media 
No, yeah. I mean, there's some people that, you know, can't come back. There are people that come back. But most of the time, you know, you won't see that band anymore because now everyone hates them. There are some people that get it who don't deserve it, like what happened to Metallica recently for whatever whatever reason. (laughs) But then uh, then an example of someone who might deserve it is Chris Brown from Trapped. Because that man is always running his mouth saying some pretty... <laughs> so I, I feel like that's I feel like the whole cancel culture thing is definitely a subjective based on situation kind of deal, but it's not being treated as that. It's almost as soon as you say an opinion that contradicts someone else's opinion or the majority opinion, you're seen as a villain and you're ostracized yeah. and outcast from the rest of society for for just having an opinion, which is everybody's human right, you know. What's uh, the plans for the rest of the year? Well, we asked funny. We all talked about this um, at our show in Pittsburgh on tour. Mm-hmm. And, um, we all went on the balcony. We we're just having a good time, enjoying our, our days off, a day off that we had. We had two days off, I believe. And we were like, hey, we're doing pretty well on tour. Our social media is blowing up, um, which if you want to follow us, it's at HPD Half Best Dead. Um, we were saying, what do we want to do? What should we do? And we talked about it. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on Virginia for right now. We're going to focus on at our home. We're going to do, we're planning in the next year and maybe in the next couple of months, a bunch of shows like all over the state concentrated in some cities, maybe do some stints up in Northern and, and, and Roanoke and maybe Virginia beach. We're doing a whole bunch of things there. Maybe get a small residency at a couple of venues and trying to get on more festivals, mm-hmm. doing podcasts, amazing podcasts such as this. And um, we'd love to do a radio tour when the album is out, um, which I didn't elaborate on um, earlier, but I'll say that for the end of this. And then after that, after we feel we have totally conquered the state of Virginia, we're going to expand out as we usually do and make a big old, big old tour around wherever we want to and wherever we can go and um, all depending on so many different things. But yeah, taking over the world essentially is is the, is the grand scheme of things, but about the album real quickly, I just wanted to say that um, it it was delayed originally due to some audio problems and things that we go, "Eh, it's not quite perfect. Let's, let's really work on this and put out a good product. And our fans are so amazing. And, and understanding that it's like, hey, we want to give you guys the best possible thing we can. But um, I believe our projection is um, sometime early to mid-September, right around the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. So I think that's going to be a good time for us um, and for the album. So that's going to be, that's my unofficial projection. Um, is that, so would that be the Kiss the World tour? Goodbye? Or- the Kiss the World Goodbye album. We did the tour. Okay. It was all planned out ahead and we didn't anticipate the the album being delayed so it's supposed to be album tour and then yeah the next thing. but now we're just we flipped it now it's the tour and then the album all good i'm so excited like um they're so like you guys we got a lot going two. on right now like um what about uh record labels what is about that record labels? Plan? Is that on the plan um how do you feel about that do you think that bands need to get signed to be successful or do you think they should be independent to get successful? I mean, it helps to be signed because you have something backed up to you. However, you don't necessarily uh, have to be signed to be successful. Um, Really. It's all about the fans that that's the main point of everything. That's who the consumer is. So whether you're signed or not, as long as you can get your music out, 
that's all that matters. Back in the day, um, I definitely want to hear Tommy and John's opinion, but this is something that, that I actually studied while at college. And back in the day, the, the, the labels thing was that they were a distributor. They had money mm-hmm. and they had contacts. But now because of social media, you don't really need the label because you can distribute your stuff yourself. You are your own label. Yes. And, and you've seen we've seen the dwindling power of the record label. A great example is Taylor Swift. We've seen that yeah. you don't necessarily need, of course, the audience, the already built up audience helps. But nowadays there are plenty of like, especially it's big with rappers that come up that label lists remain label lists for their entirety of their career. And I think that it's because of the fact that the label's job, its main job as a distributor has become obsolete. I think that the, their main uh, the only nugget of, of worth that they have left um, not, not to whittle it down, but is, is the, is the financial backing, but we've seen bands and you guys are going to see with our album, you don't need a whole lot of money to make a great record and I, or even a single or an EP or anything like that. But I don't know, John, John what do you think? I mean, yeah, I feel like it's kind of like just the name itself. Like if you were, if Sony bought us on, you know, they put us out like saying, Hey, check these guys out. A couple of thousand people would probably look cause Sony said, Hey, look at these guys. But at the same time, yeah, I agree. Cause they mostly just put word out. That's what we're doing. So if we just hammer down and do that, like out of our minds, it'll probably be about the same result over time. That's why social media is very important. Like it, it takes a big like stress off because you, all you have to do is just post and then some one person will see that, that one person will share, and then ten other people will see that, then those ten people will share. You gotta make good and, content. That's yes. the one problem. And I wanna get Tommy's input, <laughs> but I, that's the one thing that this man makes sure we do a darn good job of. We got great photographers, videographers. We try to write the best music. One of my mm-hmm. professors, Jeff Jeffrey Little, one of my favorite people of all time, he said this industry, it doesn't matter what your marketing plan is, your social media website, doesn't matter. All it boils down to is a good song. You got a good song and you have good content, you are set. But if, yeah, but yeah, uh, I want to just see what Thomas thinks about this because I don't think we've ever really discussed that with you. I think it's also more than just like good song or good content. I think one of the things you also have to do is kind of portray yourself as a good person. I don't think anybody's really going to want to be interested in your band, your music or your content. If you're not entertaining people. I mean, if you, if you're just, if you're just another cookie cutter person in the industry, yeah. writing the same kind of music, which is, you know, not to bring it back to the whole pop music thing, but I didn't really put any input on that. That's my <laughs> biggest issue. It all feels like the same thing and no one feels entertaining anymore. It feels like everyone's in there for as much of a dollar as they could possibly get. And I feel like, I feel like you have to not only put out good content and good music, but you should also be an entertaining and good person who's in it for more than just trying to make money, which is what it seems most people are in it for now. Sadly. Yeah. They're not in it for like, like I said, cause music is a hobby. You know, I do artwork. I do other things like this isn't my main, you know, my main job, you know, I have other things that I do and it's important to have that, you know, it's not like, 
a lot of people are just like, oh, my music's doing so bad. I can't do this. And I'm like, you still have to. Like, you put in the effort and the time and the practice and it'll get there. And a lot of people don't want to do that hard work, you know, and it's disappointing. A lot of bands are just like, oh, no one likes us. We're done here. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep talking to people. You have to keep going. You have to communicate. You have to build a community. And, yeah, you got yeah. Yeah, you gotta make them like you. <laughs> those, like doing podcasts are hard. Like I posting videos is probably one of the hardest things I had to do because not all my videos are gonna do good. You know, a lot of the time the the ones with the women, they're the best ones. And I'm just like, why though? You got all these like heavy metal bands that are on here too, but there's hot chicks on there, and the guys are gonna focus on that one. You know, hey, that sells. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Those bands that have transcended the ages yeah. that they came from not only did it because they had good music and good content, but it's because the personalities behind that music and content yes. were much larger than everyone else around them. Yeah. It's because it's crazy. Like, you have to, like, do things people want to watch. And then the thing with TikTok is TikTok is so short. Like, no one wants to watch a 30-minute interview. They want to watch a five-minute clip. And yeah. I'm just like, just click on it and watch it. But our attention pan is so low because TikTok has made us that way. You know, we, we want to see something really quickly. We don't want to, like, search for the video, go through it, click on it, and, like, dig down deep. We want a five-minute video, and that's so sad. And now it's not even just TikTok doing that. YouTube yes. has their shorts program. Instagram has their shorts program. And it, it's honestly, like, the reels on Instagram is a little different because, you know, you can make different length reels, but on YouTube and TikTok, it's pretty much mm -hmm. a set time frame that you get. And so you have to condense your content as much yes. as possible. I think with TikTok, they have a recent thing where you can make it longer. But I think <laughs> the main problem is that it's it's the hook issue. It's that yeah. if it's not interesting for the first moment, they're scrolling to the next one. And yeah. I catch myself doing it. I, I'm not I'm not. Uh, innocent of this I'm, I'm I'm a sucker to it and I go eh, boring boring and then I'm like you know what maybe I should go back and why and I, very rarely people will do that but like Thomas was saying uh, we, we try to be you know we're all fans of um of the classic uh scope of rock and roll and heavy metal we're very much like hey let's put on a show every time we do we do a concert we do a concert you know and we like to we we're like that on social media and and I'm, I'm a very lively person sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I'm dead tired, but we all try to be, to live up to who we are inspired by. And we, we do that because we saw, and I see um, in the, in the rock, in the rock and roll game right now, it's very boring, very boring. And I, I catch myself going, I don't even want to go to concerts anymore. But if I see someone that's truly entertaining, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see them a lot. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, it's very hard because like I have to come up with like I what I do is I'll put a clip like I'll shorten it down and I'll grab the most funniest thing you guys do. And I, that's what I post for everyone else to see. And then I'm hoping that they'll be like, oh, my God, this was so funny. And then they'll go and click on the link and go to the actual video. Yeah, I took my entertainment. Uh, Here's your thumbnail. It's a snowman. Oh, you're looking a snowman. Let's do it. <laughs> Alex is lively Merry if Christmas. he doesn't eat bread. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, going back to that uh, question, though, the entertainment-wise, how we give our shows a big show, um, I get way too like into it to the point where um, I've jumped on tables, bashed my head into walls, and 
then I'll black out and just completely like not remember the night afterwards. <laughs> and I took that inspiration from Slipknot because I saw like in their Iowa days, they would like snip a dead bird and like get like hopped up on like just everything. And that's how they got their shows and how they got crazy. I mean, Ozzy did the same thing. Well, what? He bit a head off of a bat and he was like, oh, it's not a real bat. And everyone's like, uh, that is a real bat. Like, bro. To be fair, <laughs> Ozzy did a lot of drugs. Well, the thing is, we do a lot of entertaining stuff on the yeah. stage. Like, like I, I jump on Jack's back, right? I'm like a minotaur. On this recent tour, John and I switch places. John, tell, tell them about the that. I think that's the most entertaining thing. That was the most successful thing on the tour was that bit. Well, I'd seen videos of like drummers doing like musical chairs bit. Like someone would like do a beat and just like push someone off the throne and the next person take over just seamless. <laughs> and Alex knows some drums. So I thought that'd be a really cool thing. If you know, you just kick me off my drum set. People would pay attention to that. It's different. People have not done that before. And I thought, okay, what if we take a step forward? What if I do vocals? And the first thing I thought of was bulls on parade by rage against the machine. <laughs> And we have that video on YouTube, but it's like pretty much it's like a collaboration of every show we did with that song. And it mixed yeah. up really well. And you can hear like the crowd when we first started, they go nuts for it. They know what it is. It's just, it's just such a unique idea. I thought it would really get people to turn their heads and look at us a little more. I think that's cool, especially like coming up with ideas to get more people to like you. I yeah, like I said, the the fuck pop and the the breaking of your guitar. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, like. You broke your own equipment. Like <laughs> next I mean, up, we're lighting me on fire. Well, Let's see it. Like it's got to happen now. Can I do it? I'm owed this. Audience attention, and he said in an interview that he goes, you know, a lot of singers and a lot of bands always have this mentality of, oh, I, I sure hope they like us tonight. And Alice says, in the way he always does, he says, here's my approach. Come here. And I, I just love that. And I think that's, that's kind of the way we approach it, you know? Yeah. I think this interview has been really great. I enjoy talking to you Thank guys. You really yes, you. I appreciate it. Um, let's go ahead and get everyone's plugins. This is Half Past Dead. Um, where can um, our fans find you guys? You could find us at halfpastdeadmusic.com. All of our social media tags are at HPD, the letters HPD, Half Past Dead. We are on. We have our own website. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Um, soon we're going to be in your ear holes with our album, Kiss the World Goodbye. That will be coming out very soon. My personal Instagram is at AlexanderBlackHPD. I'm going to let them do their thing. Yeah, let's hear it. You can find me at the Home Depot across the street from your house. Uh, I'm always there. Um, that or Lowe's. No, nah, my, um, my tag's uh, JackDevil uh, underscore HPD. You can find me sleeping in a tree at your local park. It's your boy, Metal Messiah <laughs> HPD on Instagram. <laughs> find me over here in Moonshine County. Um, you can find me at uh, Instagram at Megalajon HPD. Megalajon. All right, guys. Um, thank you for Don't being here. Him to post. Don't expect him to post. Yeah, you guys check these guys out. Break and shit. I'm fired. <laughs> um, trash and pop music. Um, thank you, guys. It's been a great interview. Um, thank you. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace.